0: So if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be there starting in verses 1 through 8. I've entitled this portion of the scripture, The Lord's Leading. The Lord leads Elijah just as he leads you and I. So let's read verses 1 through 8, and then I'll come back and break that down. So you follow along in your copy of God's Word, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Chapter 1 of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. So Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and was injured. So he sent messengers and said to them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise and go to meet the messengers of the king of Syria and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to acquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah departed, and when the messengers returned to him, he said to them, why have you come back? So they said to him, a man came up to meet us and said to us, go return to the king who sent you and say to him, thus says the Lord, it is because there is no God is it because, not, not because there is not one, I read that incorrectly. you got to make sure you read scripture right. He says to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. Then he, this is Ahaziah, said to them, What kind of man was it who came up to meet you and told you these words? So they answered him, A hairy man, Wearing a leather belt around his waist. Interesting. And he said, and I believe in an angry, frustrated tone, Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah that Tishbite, that's what he said. So here we find ourselves in the Lord's leading. These first two verses, as we look at these first two verses, this is Ahaziah's injury and the message. We see first, it says, Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now, when we look at this scripture, Ahaziah, well, you go back, if, if, you're, if your Bible is like mine, which it may very well not be, but on this opposite page, you've got the ending of 1 Kings, okay? So if you look back into the very last section of 1 Kings, it gives us a description of how this came about. Ahaziah is the son of Ahab, okay? Okay? And he came to rule over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned two years over Israel. Ahaziah did evil in the sight of the Lord and followed in the evil footprints of his parents and family. He sinned in serving Baal and in worshiping it. This made the Lord very angry. I did a little paraphrasing in that. That's 1 Kings twenty-two fifty-one through 53. So this is how Ahaziah came about to be the king of of Israel in Samaria, of Israel in Samaria. And so he finds himself there. And we find Ahaziah in a predicament very quickly in this scripture. We see that Moab has rebelled against Israel. We see that Ahaziah uh, has fallen through Lattice in the upper room. Now, it's kind of, as I read commentaries, it's almost like it was a shudder. And he was looking out the window, and he was putting his weight on it, and he falls through from the upper level. He falls down, and the lattice work gets him, sticks all in him. And I don't know if you've ever messed with wooden lattice work, and I don't know if it's wooden or not, but that stuff is prickly and annoying. And if you cut it, boy, it will about slice you up. Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, and then to paint it—that's the worst thing in the world. But anyway, here it is. He's pressing on this lattice work, and he falls through the window, and he's injured. And so he's got this injury. And, and God's divine judgment, as we look through here, we see that Moab has rebelled against Israel. And now we see Ahaziah has fallen through the latticework. And God's divine judgment took numerous forms against Ahaziah as we read here throughout this passage of Scripture. It, it came upon him politically because Moab found in the death of Ahab, when Ahab died, Moab saw an opportunity, they found the occasion to rebel against Israel, the Moabites. And then economically, God thwarted uh, his effort to, to reach some kind of uh, team uh, or economic um, truce, sanction, whatever you want to call it, with Jehoshaphat. And you can find that in 1 Kings 22 and also in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And then personally, we see God's judgment on him because he fell through the work and was injured. He was injured. This is all because of his desiring to follow after Beelzebub instead of following after the God of Israel. You notice he goes out to inquire of Beelzebub instead of going back and, and inquiring of the God of Israel. Is there no God in Israel for you to inquire of? Is basically what the question is, what the statement is that the angel of the Lord gives Elijah. He says, you're going you're to leave the God of Israel in which you are the king of that land, and you're going to go to a false god. When, you know, and, and we find out when someone is really sick or injured, you're going to find out what is their most basic spiritual temperament. You're going to find that out. And we find this out about Ahaziah, that instead of turning to the God of Israel, he turns to the God of Ekron, Beelzebub. And the God Beelzebub, which is interesting, means the Lord of the Flies. I don't want to inquire of some Lord of the Flies. I want the Lord of all creation. That way he knows everything that I'm dealing with. But he says, let's go inquire of the Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Great. You know what? Flies are annoying. Anybody agree with me? I, I went outside yesterday to wash Julie's car. And without really throwing shade on anybody, for some reason we got a bunch of flies around our house. But it's not because of our property. Okay? So... So I go outside, and I mean, there's like 14 flies on Julie's car. And I'm sitting there going, what is the deal? And there's flies everywhere, but it's it's aggravating. So so they're going to go to, it's not even a real God on top of that, it's a false God, but they're going to go to a false God who is the Lord of the Flies. And he wants to get some inquiry about his health. Anybody ever want to inquire of the Lord of the Flies about their health? Not, not too smart here, eh, Ahaziah, not too smart here, buddy. So anyway, he's, he's, he, is, he is calling out to them, and, and you see that the Lord is terribly displeased with the leadership of Ahaziah. He is terribly displeased. He's caused this rebellion. He's, he's caused uh, this injury to come upon him. He's, the Lord has caused this effort of trying to combine or work out some kind of uh, marketable truce with Jehoshaphat. It didn't work out. Ahaziah should have gotten the signs here. Maybe I need to repent of my worship and serving of, of, of Baal and return to God, the God of Israel. But he doesn't. You know, for our lives today, what can we take from these first two verses? When we are in dire, dire straits, where do we turn? Where do we turn when things are difficult? For where our when our hearts, uh, Where do our hearts turn in times of struggle, in times of sickness and hardship? Where do we turn? You know, it will reveal our belief in our answers and where we believe our answers and healing comes from. We have these makeshift gods that we create in our life. And for some people, it's Facebook, it's social media. Oh, goodness, something went wrong. Let me type it on the social media. Let me tell everybody about it, but I'm not going to go to God. They ain't prayed about it a single time. Come on, folks. There's nobody on, listen, there's people that care about you, I'm sure, that, that are friends with you on Facebook, but there's nobody who can fix it. Go to God. Go to God. He can help you out. All you're going to get is some pithy statements or maybe a a care emoji or whatever it is. Nobody's going to really take the time out of their day. Let's just be honest, okay? I'm not trying to be mean here because if you do that, bless your heart, but you're going to be okay. Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. You know, we cannot cannot find ourselves in the same situation as Ahaziah, serving and worshiping false gods and and then inquiring of them of how our lives are going to turn out. For many today, maybe some of you in this room, you're serving false gods. You're looking to anything and everything other than Christ and His Word for how your life is going to turn out. You may be wondering about your future, struggling in your marriage, challenged in your finances. Unsure of career choices or any number of things. We've all got different things that burden us. But you're but you're listening to lost friends, you're reading articles online, or you're just listening to the bitterness and confusion within you because you're not going to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Inquire of Him. Stop going to these other things that are weak and frail and created. Go to the one who is powerful, and strong, and the Creator. Go to Him. Step away from the world and step into the world. Don't be like Ahaziah. Don't be like Ahaziah. Look at verses 3 through 4. The Lord's messenger and the message. So we see that there in verse 3 and 4. We see where the angel of the Lord speaks to Elijah regarding the messengers of Ahaziah who were about to pass by. They're about to pass by. The Lord knows the future and even for those who are far from him. He knows their future. So he's sending these messengers out. And Elijah listens intently to the word that, that comes through the angel of the Lord, and he departs to catch these messengers. Now, when the Lord gives us a clear mission, we need to get up and be about it, right? The Lord gives us a clear mission. We need to be about it. I think about Brother Terrell and Miss Patsy. He, he asked me several months ago. Uh, they, had, they, uh, they love kids. They love kids, and he told me that. And he said a lot of times they'll go and, and they'll have candy. And they would give kids candy from time to time. And he said, you know what? I want to give them something more valuable. I want to give them something. Can we look for some Bibles? So we, we came together and found out about some Bibles. And he's been giving Bibles away. You know, the Lord gives us a clear mission. And God put that on his heart. So we ordered him Bibles. And he took them. He's been giving them away. God gives us a clear mission. And your mission might not be like Brother Terrell and Miss Patsy's. It, it might be different. And that's okay. That's what makes us the church. Because we all have different ways in which we minister to folks. Burdens that the Lord puts on our hearts. But listen, when he gives us a mission, we need to do it. And God gave Elijah this mission. Go catch those messengers. Go catch those messengers and tell them what I have for them. And he, he makes a pronouncement upon them. The first part of this pronouncement against Ahaziah's, is against Ahaziah's abandonment of the God of Israel in favor of Baal. And the second half is is how Ahaziah would die according to his sinful choices. You look there in the scripture. The the, uh, angel of the Lord tells Elijah. He says, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to acquire a Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? What he's saying is, is like, Why are you doing this? Is, Is it because there is no God and what he, it's a statement in two different ways. Number one, there is a God of Israel. And number two, though, but you're not recognizing him. And because you as a leader are not being led by him and you're not submitting to him, yeah, you're leading a country in a way that there is no God, although there is a God. Does, does that make sense? And that's what he's, he's, he's chastising Ahaziah for his lack of belief and following. But here's Elijah. He's been told to follow, and he does. And he does, and that first pronouncement, like I said, is against Ahaziah's abandonment of the God of Israel in favor of Baal. And the second half, now therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. And this is a pronouncement on his death. All right, you've been injured, and you know what? I can foresee that you're not going to repent, you're not going to turn away, you're not going to confess your sinfulness in following after a false god. So you're not getting out of the bed, you're going to die. That's what the Lord tells Elijah to tell these messengers. So what do they do? They take that and they and they receive it. So from Elijah, we should be about the work that the Lord tells us to do from his word. And that work is not always easy. That work's not always easy, is it? It's not easy, or and sometimes it's not an uplifting message. You know, as a pastor, when I preach things from the pulpit, when I preach from God's word, some of the things I have to preach that the Lord lays on my heart is not going to be easy to swallow. It's going to be hard to take because you know what? Things step on our toes. There's there's times when the word of God is not just all love and grace and mercy. It's wrath and condemnation. It's it's ex, it's it's exposing the sin of our lives. And none of us want that, but we need that. Right? So this this message that Elijah brings it's it's not always easy, nor is it an uplifting message. Sometimes, I explained last week, the Holy Spirit calls us to convince people of sin, to convince people of righteousness, and to convince them of judgment. And this is to convince convince them of these things, not sentence to them these things. We're to convince them of this sin. Do you realize that this is sin? I'm not sentencing you to hell. You know, you people use that, you know, They use it in a negative, derogatory, filthy way about the word hell. I'm not condemning anyone to hell. But I'm telling you, if you don't change the things that you are doing through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ, that's the path you're on. So we convince them through speaking the word of God, through the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the message that we take. We take the word of God and we speak it. That's the application. For those verses, look at verses 5 through 8. The Lord's message is relayed and received. This is all part of the Lord's leading of Elijah. Starting there in verse 5. Ahaziah is shocked at how quickly the messengers have returned. Why have you come back? Man, that was fast. That that trip should have taken twice as long. So something's already. The red flags are going up for Ahaziah already. I don't know why these folks are back already. It should have taken longer. But they're back. And so they relay this message back to Ahaziah. And, and so uh, then it says it word for word. And then Ahaziah asks the all-important question, which I think is quite funny. He asked the question, what kind of man was it that came up to meet you and told you these words? What, 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 kind of, what kind of man was this? You know, I mean, you can only imagine Ahaziah. You know he probably heard about it from his dad. Oh, my daddy didn't like him. Oh, boy, boy, he's a thorn in our side all the time, doing all those crazy miraculous stuff and then doing that rebelling against Baal and Asherah and destroying all of our prophets, our friends. Could you imagine him as a little kid sitting around there and all these false prophets sitting around with his mama Jezebel at the table? And then all of a sudden, one day, they're all dead. This little boy's probably got bad memories of Elijah. Not good memories because he's being raised up in a pagan home. He's being raised up in a home where a false god has said, this is where you worship. Boy, I could stay here for a long time, but it's not part of my note. Time. I'm going to jump off that. Here we, we have to remember that Elijah was looked upon as a notoriously difficult prophet of God, wasn't he? Now, I mean, he was always a thorn in that side. And Elijah always seemed to carry with him an unfavorable prophecy for these kings. All oh, these kings didn't like him. I didn't like him one bit. You go back and tell Jezebel this. You go back tell, tell Jezebel. You go back and gather all your 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of, of uh, Asherah. And y'all come out here and meet me. Who knew that not, uh, 850 of those guys were going to be dead by the end of that day? And then you wonder why Ahaziah was a little upset. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, the people here, they respond. You know, he says, who, who, who told you this stuff? What kind of man was it that came up and told you this? So there in verse 8, they answered him a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. Now, this, this is just, I don't know, I just I just find comedy sometimes in, in here. I mean, how did they know how hairy he was? Most of the time, these guys would wear, most folks wore like long robes, right? They wore them down their arms, they come down here. How could they tell he was hairy? Was he like the guy off of uh, like Tom Selleck or something, and he had his robe popped open and hair was popping out? How did they know that he was a hairy man? You know, how did they know this about him? I mean, did he have his arms cut out? He's like, sons out, gun's out. and He's like, hairy, you know. he's just I don't know how they knew that Elijah was a hairy man. But he was. I mean, it's hairy in the Hendersons. He's walking out there, hair popping off his feet. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But they come back and they say, he's a hairy man. He's got a leather belt. I don't know about you, but just about every man in here probably has on a leather belt right now. All right, right? And so, but he comes back, and this, this description, obviously, Elijah dressed so differently from everybody else. I don't know what else he had on with that, but he he comes back, and he's like, I, I, I can only imagine Ahaziah. You ever had somebody tell you about somebody that you're just frustrated with? Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to get you into a sinful mindset, Okay. But you know, you ever have somebody that's just difficult to deal with? And if somebody brings them up to you, and you know good and well what goes through your mind, you're like, my God, just. Here's Ahaziah. And he's like, tell tell me who brought who brought this message to you? It was a hairy man with a leather belt. I know exactly who that is. That is Elijah Tishby. Boy, I could just—I could just picture him being oh, shaking, mad, biting his lip, teeth together, grinding. Boy, he's mad. He's mad, and unfortunately, he probably is mad because he knows he's right. He's right, and so this—this is—it's—it's—he's it, so frustrated now. Ahaziah's so frustrated. He's mad because you know what? Truth comes with Elijah. Truth comes with Elijah, and truth is so frustrating when it reveals our wandering from it. Truth is so frustrating when it reveals our wandering from it. When someone today is spot on with their examination of a situation or person, they say, that's facts. Facts. And the fact is, we so often are much like Ahaziah. We'd love to say that we're more like Elijah, but many times we're like Ahaziah. We know that if the message is from God, which is how Elijah spoke, we only have two options. With the message of God it's receive it and change or ignore it and rebel that's our two options receive it and change or ignore it and rebel and what did Ahaziah do he chose to ignore it and rebel we we have we need to make sure that we are more like Christ and more like Elijah let me just say that than than anybody else in this account but many times in the Bible, we usually don't find ourselves much more like the ones who are doing the Word of God. Many a times, we're much more like the enemies. I mean, unfortunately. I mean, I would love to say that, boy, we're great. We do awesome. We're top-notch. But unfortunately, I find myself a lot like these soldiers, too. And I'm fixing to talk about them. We're a lot like these soldiers. But I want to tell you this, if... if If we're going to live like Ahaziah, we've got to change. Unlike Ahaziah, we've got to change. We have the opportunity to. 1 John 1.9 says that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can be different from Ahaziah. We don't have to be like him. We can submit and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and believe in the fact that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's look at verses 9 through 15. We've looked at the Lord's leading. Now we're going to look at the captains pleading. Now there are multiple captains. Why is that? You're fixed to find out why. There's three sets of captains that are sent out by Ahaziah to try to uh, coerce Elijah off of a mountain, off of a hilltop. So let's look there in verses 9 through 15. It says, Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 with his 50 men. So he went up to him, and there he was, sitting on the top of a hill. And he spoke to him, Man of God, the king has said, Come down. So Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I am a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50 Then he sent another captain of 50 with his 50 men. Ahaziah did this. And he answered and said to him, Man of God, thus has the king said, Come down quickly. Verse 12. So Elijah answered and said to them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again, he being Ahaziah, sent a third captain of 50 with his 50 men. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. Here we go. Somebody's getting a little smarter. Went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said to him, Man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Buttering him up. Look, fire has come down from heaven and burned up the first two captains of 50s with their 50s. But let my life now be precious in your sight. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king. So this is the captain's pleading. There's multiple captains. So it's the captain's pleading. So in Ahaziah's frustration and wrath, he calls upon a captain and 50 soldiers to go out and try to obtain or arrest Elijah. And it seems that it was going to be by force. I mean, you got one man out here and you're sending a captain of 50? You really thinking there's going to be a, a, a fight? 50, 50 guys? Hmm. It also seems that the soldiers at Ahaziah knew where Elijah was resting. So with a proclamation to come down from the mountain, the captain calls out to Elijah. But in his address to Elijah, notice, and in his sinful obedience to an unrighteous king, he calls him... Man of God now you may say well what do you mean how is that sinful and because they recognize where he is but they don't recognize where they are they recognize that they are in disobedience they should have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Lordship of God the God of Israel but they don't now the soldier um, the soldier also uses the king's call and not his own as to what should draw Elijah down from the hill the captain said the king has said come down Many of the soldiers or messengers, they might not have recognized Elijah on sight, but they for sure knew of Elijah. Like I said before, Ahaziah's dad was Ahab. And Ahab had dealt with him. And Ahab wasn't nothing but a pawn for Jezebel. So you've got to think Ahaziah was somewhere around that house when everything came, came down, when everything came tumbling down for those prophets of Baal. They knew of all the miraculous and rebellious things that Elijah had done that made him a talking point probably in many conversations all across Samaria and Israel. In response, Elijah says, If I am a man of God, then may fire come down from heaven and consume each and every one of you. Well, God was listening and watching over Elijah. And God heard Elijah's conversation with these 50 men. Now, remember a few weeks ago, when we were walking through face like flint, when, God, when Jesus sent those disciples ahead into Samaria, he told them to go and find a place for us to stay. Well, they, the Samaritans were not hospitable. and would not allow them to come and settle in. So what did they say? They said, hey, can we call down fire on them? Can we call down fire on these Samaritans? And Jesus said, I did not come to destroy. I have come to save. You see, this is where they get that calling down fire from. They were real close to that mountaintop that Elijah was sitting on, that hilltop that Elijah was sitting on. I just find this funny. I don't know about y'all. I still think Elijah is a comical person. Remember, when he was at Carmel, he's over there mocking him, and I think he was, like, leaning against a tree, or maybe he was sitting on a rock, and he's saying, Hey, maybe your God's taking a break. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's... Maybe he's gone out to the restroom. You know, whatever. Maybe something's happened. You know? I think Elijah is a funny guy. I I really do. So here he is. It says he's sitting on a hilltop. So he's just up there chilling out. And here comes a captain with their 50 guard. (laughs) Man of God, the king requests of you to come down. And he's like, hmm, how should I respond to this? (laughs) If I am a man of God, as which you have called me, May fire come down from heaven and destroy you. Now you know there's no way Elijah in and of himself could have defeated those 50 guards. There's no way. It's only by the power of God. He had seen the fire of God come down right on Carmel. And he knew, if God is willing to defend me then, God's willing to defend me now. And so he called down that fire. And he got that first group, wiped them out. I don't know how long King Ahaziah waited before he sent out the next group. I don't know how long it. Obviously, it didn't take them too long to get out there to him, because they came back quicker than what he expected. Those messengers to go to Beelzebub and Ekron, right? So it's not as far. So, so after so long, he's like, you know, those those guys should have, those guys should have done back by now. Hey, give me another captain and 50 men. Send them out there. I don't know what kind of trouble they've run into. Hmm, okay, All right? But is 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 Ahaziah completely forgotten about Mount Carmel? maybe so seems like it giving him opportunities to repent don't send another group you're costing people's lives in your ignorance and sinfulness come on now well he gets them and he says go find them so those guys go out there they repeat the same message they do all the same things and elijah says the same thing if i am a man of god may fire come down from heaven and consume you all and fire comes down and consumes them all Okay, so here's Ahaziah. That's the second set of guys that Elijah the tish bike. Boy, he drives me crazy. And he's, and of course he ain't got a watch. <laughs> I don't know what he's got. He's looking at the sundial. Man, it's been a while. And he, he goes, he goes, I think I need to send, I'm gonna I'm gonna send another captain and another 50 out there to get him. And that other captain's like, and, and by this time, these other captains, you know, they were probably friends. He's like, I am not doing things. I don't know how they did it, but I'm gonna do things different when I get out there. So he goes out there and he, he comes up the hill to Elijah and he gets down on his knees and he bows down before him and he says, he says, O man of God, I plead with you, show mercy on us, your servants. I mean, he's talking about these 50 captains that are of Ahaziah and he's telling him, please show mercy. Please show mercy. And Elijah, and he calls him man of God again and he goes, and, I, I, and, and, and the angel of the Lord, before, before Elijah goes back into his spill again, the angel of the Lord speaks to him. And he says, it's okay, you don't have to fear them. Go down with them. Because he was about to, I'm sure he was about to say, well, if I'm a man of God. <laughs> he was about to do it. You know, and he, could you imagine the walk back to the palace? Man, it's like he's got COVID. Six feet. (laughs) Six feet. (laughs) Don't you don't none of y'all open your mouth. Hush. Don't say don't you say a word to Elijah. We just walk it back and then we disappearing. We're sliding off somewhere, you know? We don't want to be near him. I mean our other guys, boy, they can see the fireball spots as they walk out there. Boy, that's that's still warm. We don't want to be near that. So we know they, they're out there and they're walking back. You know, their life could be to- taken at a moment's notice. I mean, we read the Bible a lot of times and we don't really, we don't really take it as it is. I mean, could you imagine that? Walking out there in, in the, the, the dirt, the, the mountainside still being hot, smoldering from two things of fire big enough to consume 50 people at one time. I mean, just, just imagine that for a moment in your mind. You ever burn a big pile of leaves in your yard? Or maybe in the in the woods behind you? And you come to it hours later and it's still smoldering. I don't know how long it took those took Ahaziah to realize that, hey, those guys have disappeared. We got to send out another captain. And they go out there and they see smoke rising in the distance. We don't know what that smoke's for, but as they get closer, they see Elijah up there chilling on the mountaintop. Oh, here comes another group. But the Lord, the angel of the Lord comes to him and he says to him there, go down with him, do not be afraid of him. You know, Elijah, I still feel like maybe he's, he, he seems, I, I, I kind of paint him in a very confident way. But you know, he, he is being inundated with many people that are wanting to take his life, want to arrest him, set, set him backwards on everything that God has set him forward in. He says, the Lord, the angel of the Lord tells him, you don't have to fear. Even in our confidence, there's times when we fear things, right? There's things that we fear. But to be courageous, even in your fear, you've got to step out in faith. And in faith, Elijah listens to the angel of the Lord. And in faith, we listen to the word of God. It doesn't mean there isn't fear." but we can be courageous because we have faith because we know God's word is true. Elijah could be courageous and show faith because when the angel of the Lord said, go down there with them, do not be afraid of them, he knew they weren't going to be able to do nothing against him because the Lord was going to handle it. The Lord was going to handle it. So so as we look at this in application for ourselves, are we viewing ourselves as Elijah, the soldiers? Are we viewing ourselves as Ahaziah? I believe we might confine... A little of each one of those in every one of us at different times. As Elijah, we may be fearful for our lives, but are trusting in the Lord and who he has called us as his children. He's called us his children. And as his children, he will defend us against our enemies. He will do that. You ever had your child cry out from the, from the yard or, or the woods or something like that? Help! I'm hurt! As a parent, what do you do? You bolt out that back door and you go figure out what's going on. You see the bicycle tumped over. They're underneath the bicycle, whatever it is. You know, you You're running out there. You're going to take care of them. That's the same thing. We're, the, we're a child of God. If you've confessed to him as Lord, you're a child of his. You cry out to him, he comes running. He is our great defender, Scripture tells us. He's our great defender. As the soldiers, are we submissive to an unholy and unrighteous leader? Instead of standing up for our beliefs, we submit and go about doing things that are unholy and unrighteous so not to get put out or highlighted as a difficult employee. Is that us? Are we like the soldiers? Are we like Ahaziah? We're telling people to do things that are not beneficial to their lives, nor the lives of those around them. We are selfish Wanting to eliminate or bully people from stopping us from participating in anything and everything we want, including those things that are sinful and shameful. Who are we? Where do we find ourselves in this account? Are we like Elijah? Are we like Ahaziah? Are we like the soldiers? Just ponder that for a moment. Where we are in this account. Is Elijah faithful in knowing who we are in Christ? Is the soldiers just doing my job, whether it is right or wrong? Or Ahaziah, abandoning what I know to be true for what is false and using people to my advantage and to their detriment. Where am I? And then lastly, the king's passing, verses 16 through 18. Elijah now has gone with those soldiers. He's he's, He's gone with the soldiers back to the king. He relays the same message that the angel of the Lord gave him earlier in this text. The same message that the messengers relayed to Ahaziah when they came back. And it's the same message. That word did not change. And God did not change. Why did God... And God doesn't change, but God's proclamation on His future did not change. Do you know why? There was zero repentance or confession for what He had done. Zero. Zero. The Bible tells us, Jesus says in Mark 1.15, He says, Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The good news that Christ would come to earth and die in our place for our sins and then rise again. The good news here for Ahaziah is he has had three opportunities to repent, to save the lives of those he leads and to turn away. And he did not. He did not. So Elijah comes into the palace, he is not fearful, he comes into the palace and he tells the king the exact same message, just as I should each and every week in every Sunday school teacher, relay the exact same message from the word of God. This is the message we proclaim. I don't proclaim my opinion, my perspective, I mean I preach in my style, but I'm preaching the word of God. And I'm going to return to that. And that's what Elijah does. He returns to the original message. And we are not to deviate at all from what God has told us in his word. And from the word, Elijah does not do that either. But sin against God leads to death. It wasn't really the lattice work that really killed, although that was the final point, that was not what killed. Ahaziah. What killed him was his wandering and desiring to stay where he wandered, away from God. That's what killed him. And today, we have an opportunity to confess Christ is Lord. Don't wander. Stay close. Because what's going to happen is, is you're going to wander away. We're talking about Psalm 23 on Wednesday night. You should come back. We wander and we get over here away from God and we think we've got something good when we really don't. When everything that is good is found in Christ and we look to the world and we look to false gods and we say, that's where I can get it. That's where I can... I can go get an idea for Beelzebub over in Ekron. No, you can't. No, you can't. you got to turn to Christ and sin, that sin of, of leaving... It leads to death, whether it be a direct consequence or an indirect consequence. Sometimes sin will take your life, literally. Sometimes it will. Sometimes sin, as we all know, for all will die and then the judgment, for it is appointed all to die and then the judgment. We will all die. And the wages of sin is death, Romans 6:23. We know death is inevitable to each and every person. But where you go after that is not. Romans 6.23, that first part. The ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, and, and a Lord, you, you submit to them. You submit to them. And they lead you. Obviously. Ahaziah had not submitted to the Lordship of the God of Israel. Now we say Jesus Christ because we're a New Testament church and Christ came and he came in the flesh and he dwelt among us and and they, they were able to put their hands on him and see him and see before death and after death before the ascension. But we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know I don't know if you find yourself as Elijah listening to the word of the Lord, obeying it, stepping out in faith, uh, being about the mission that God's called you to to be about. I don't know if that's where you find yourself. I don't know if you find yourselves like the soldiers. You're just being obedient, going about your daily task, doing what you got to do, and and just not really evaluating really whether or not what you're doing is making a difference or whether or not what you're doing is is, uh, whole and holy as we talked about this morning Sunday school. Prayerfully and hopefully, you're not like Ahaziah. You know where you should be. You know you, who you should be worshiping. You've seen. Ahaziah had experienced, because of what he had seen in his life, he had experienced what the God of Israel was capable of doing. But yet he chose a false god. And he turned to it. And he did not turn to the God of Israel.